0: Welcome to the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean, here along with Zach Berman at the NovaCare Complex. Friday before the Eagles are to face the Houston Texans in, again, the biggest game of the season. They have to win. Well, most likely they have to win if they're going to make the playoffs, Zach. It's the biggest game until next week, right? Yeah, it's the biggest game until next week. And, you know, I guess I didn't see them being in this situation heading into the uh, Rams game. Both of us uh, picked the Rams to win that game. Mm -hmm. But kudos to the Eagles. They came out and played their best game of the season. Uh, they're probably going to have to repeat that feat. I mean, I don't think the, uh, the Texans are as explosive as the Rams, but this is a good team, a team that has won 10 of, its last, 10 of its last 11. Not really an impressive win in that in that bunch, but the fact that they did win nine in a row I think is impressive. I guess, you know, did you look at the – I did. That. I guess the best win may have been – over the Titans, they, they beat them uh, rather handily, but I don't think they have a win over a team with more than eight wins Yeah, they, they, they've beaten the Colts. They've,
1: they've, they've beaten the Titans. Um, and they have some other wins in there
0: that look pretty good. They beat Dallas, I They believe. beat Dallas. Yeah, but, you know, again, like, you know, you're only going to play the teams that are on your schedule, but mm-hmm. there isn't one uh, win in that that I was looking at that just said, okay, this, this overly impressed me. I think the T- Texans are a good, solid team. I don't think there's anything really special about them. Um, this team can be beat. And, in fact, Vegas thinks they can be beat by the Eagles because uh, the Eagles are favored by a point and a half or two or something like that. What do you think uh, – what, what are the keys? I mean, we probably say this every week, but if you ask me, it's up front, right? Sure. And you look at Houston's offensive line,
1: that's a spot I think the Eagles can win that matchup with their defensive line. Uh, Deshaun Watson holds the ball for a long period of time for a quarterback. He's been sacked 52 times this year. I think that's an area that the Eagles can get after them at. Um, And I would pay attention to that. Uh, Houston has run the ball well this year. They don't have an elite running back. Lamar Miller's good. He's banged up right now. Um, They have Alfred Blue. They might have Dante Foreman back this week. But I I, I think the emphasis is going to be get to the quarterback. You always want to stop the run. But then DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who is an elite player, and that's someone who – we saw against the Jets last week, wreck the game plan. Uh, he makes contested catches, can run after the catch. The Eagles have been playing better in the secondary
0: in recent weeks, but that's a tough matchup. We've seen Jim Swartz three years here. He's not much of a blitzer. He likes to rush just four if he can. You know why, why send extra guys if he can get pressure with four? But we have seen in the past that when he has sent – Rushers, it's been against quarterbacks that, shall we say, aren't good under pressure. Blake Bortles. Mm -hmm. Now, he mentioned the field there at Wembley. Mm, I think it had more to do with Blake Bortles than it did the field. I agree. I like Deshaun Watson. I think he's a good player, but he can be inconsistent. As you mentioned, he does hold the ball a fair – too long. I like Watson a lot too. Do you rely on your four-man rush, or is this one of those games where you say, you know what, we send a few extra horses here here, here and there to throw them off? No, I
1: rely on my four-man rush because I think he's going to hold the ball and you're hoping your guys can get to him. I think you're going to need to double uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And it's interesting because uh, Malcolm Jenkins was talking about how they did that once this year against the Saints. It didn't work out well. But the Saints have more guys who can beat you outside of Michael Thomas. And I I think that you go into this game trying to – force someone else to beat you. Now, what Jim Schwartz has done in the past, for instance, against Julio Jones is say he's going to get his. We're not going to let someone else beat us. But Hopkins can beat you, so I'd pay attention to that. I I do think, though, when you talk about this defense, and I understand blitzing and four-man rush, to me the big difference these past four games has been forcing turnovers. Five of their nine interceptions have come in the past four games, three of their six fumble recoveries. Uh, they need to continue doing that because
0: that's what changes the game more than anything else. I, I don't know if you you were at a, in on Malcolm at a different point. I think he was he was asked specifically about is it possible to double a receiver for the entire yep. – and he said it, when he was with the Saints, they tried that once and it didn't work out well. Oh, Not when like they he... played the Saints.
1: Okay. All right. I misinterpreted
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Um, because they did – put. They did focus a lot. They on did, Thomas yeah. They did day. shade someone there, but it worked well when they shaded uh, guys towards uh, Odell Beckham. that has yep. worked in the past for them. It, it's it's his point being that it's really tough to okay. because of the way schemes are are and the way teams run their offenses. It's very hard to have two guys strictly on. Now you can you can do a lot to make sure that there's an extra guy, kind of keeping uh, an eye on um, that uh, that special receiver. But I agree with you. You have to. Pay extra, pay extra special attention to DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins. One because he's DeAndre Hopkins. Two, they don't really have a strong second option. Uh, we know Will Fuller's out for the season. Damaris Thompson, who they acquired um, in a trade, hasn't really stepped in and been that guy. So you know, make them beat you. Make the other guys beat you. Don't make uh, don't allow DeAndre Hopkins to go off because we can see we've seen. I mean. He, he's one of those guys. Even when he's covered, he's not covered. Exactly. Um, would you? Right now, it looks like Avante Maddox is the strongest outside corner they have. It's one game. I don't want to place too much emphasis on that. But just watching him out there, he's better than Russell on the other side. Would you have him shadow Hopkins, even though no, he's smaller? I, even though he's smaller?
1: No, because I, I want Hopkins. Uh, I'm sorry. I want Douglas's size against Hopkins, and I want Douglas's tackling ability against Hopkins. Um, and I, I think they'll keep them to sides, but I think we're going to see Douglas on Hopkins a fair amount. And Because what, what Douglas has done in recent weeks to avoid the deep ball is he's played a lot of off coverage, yeah. and then trust his 6-2 frame in the red zone. I, I think you'll see that.
0: We, uh, we talked about up front, um, you know, Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett are both hurt. And, they, and they have, they're going to play, but they haven't really practiced much this week. Yeah. At this point in the season, you don't really care. Especially with veteran guys. Those two have been bringing it. Um, oh, yeah. Fletcher may have, may have had his best game last week against the Rams, although he's been very good throughout this season. Again, voted to the Pro Bowl. Michael Bennett, who you spoke to yesterday, a mm-hmm. uh, good story in today's paper, has talked about how early in the season, splitting time and, and not really playing as many reps as he typically is used to affected him. But, of course, when, when Derek Barnett went down, he got more snaps. As he pointed out. Uh, but that now all of a sudden he's a happy guy, and he's a happy yep. camper. But I think he's, t- he's one of those guys that feels like he needs to play more to get into a rhythm. Yep. But we've seen him really perform over these last two months. What, do you, you know, what are some of the matchups up front that you think the Eagles can, can exploit versus that offensive line?
1: Yeah, so I, I think Fletcher Cox in the interior, he has an advantage most weeks, but uh, I would watch out for that. Um, and then you're looking at the left tackle for the Texans joining Davenport, a local player, Uh, and he's played well at times, but I I think that's someone who, you know, the Eagles have veteran defensive ends. You'll get after them there on the edge. And just, uh, I think the key with the pass rush is going to be get to Watson, but don't get too deep because you
0: don't want Watson extending plays. He can run. Yeah, he's run for almost 500 yards. I should mention that Jordan Hicks, it looks like, will probably finally be back. Yeah, I'm curious how they're going to use him. What do you think? Do you think it's a full workload? Maybe not. Maybe Nigel will remain the guy who's out there for all three downs, right? And then in, you, you, in the dime. So how just, about the nickel? You nickel think it's be Hicks out, out there? I mean, if he's healthy, if he's out there, he's healthy. Okay. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you
1: play him? Well, because he hasn't played since New Orleans. So unless you're you're rotating him in and out, I, and mean, I mean, I don't know.
0: I like Hicks better than than, than I agree. The other options, Camus or, or Nate Gary. And I although do think, Camus played well,
1: I, I say this without talking to Jordan yet. I'm looking forward to talking to Jordan about this. Um, but I think Jordan has made sure that he's healthy before coming back. He rushed back last year, and he thought that contributed to the torn Achilles, so I can't imagine he's taking that risk
0: this year. No Sidney Jones, most likely, still out with a hamstring injury, so that means that they're probably going to roll with what they had last week. Avante, Maddox, and Russell Douglas on the outside, uh, Cra- Cravon LeBlanc in the slot, and then you'll have uh, Malcolm and primarily Corey Graham as free safety, maybe he's a little bit of Trey Sullivan. Worked pretty well last week. We'll see how they do this week against uh, DeAndre Hopkins and company. On the offensive side of the ball, you know, obviously it's all about Nick Foles. Not all about, but most of it's about Nick Foles and whether he can continue what he did in Los Angeles. I mean, Nick's a rhythm quarterback, right? He talks about this all the time, getting in the zone, right? If he's already in the zone, there's reason to believe that maybe he can carry it over? Or are you well, <laughs> looking at the offensive front in Houston and you're, and you're saying, whoa,
1: not necessarily Hold, 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 hold on, that. on I mean, a second. And, and look, I, I have, have a ton of respect for what Nick's done. But we've seen – we've both been around Nick since 2012. The high-variance label is real with him. Like there are times when he looks like he's outstanding and there are bad games. And you never know which one's going to come. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're an Eagles fan, which everyone listening to this I imagine is, you're just hoping he has one of those hot streaks. But he can turn cold quickly. And when he turns cold, it's ugly, you know?
0: So we I think saw just, that uh, four years ago. He got very cold against the Texans and got injured. He got injured, yeah. And that now, was he did end. have a big pass to Mack that game, but yeah. He had a nice – that was a yeah. good one. But if you recall, that, that play in which he got sacked, boy, he held the ball way too yes. long and got cl- clobbered from behind. Sure. So, yeah, so
1: I, I, I mean, I, I think that Doug knows how to use Nick. I, I think you're going to see the RPOs, the quick decisions. Uh, the, the Texans have tape on them. The Eagles' offensive line needs to play as well as they did last week. Uh, they did not allow a sack to a defensive line that had Aaron Donald and and Donald Sue. JJ Watt, J. Davion Clowney. It's that's an, th- those are elite players. Wouldn't he? Mer- and then you have uh, merciless from the other side. He's the one who um, who hurt Foles. Yeah. In yeah. That game. This is this is a really tough pass rush.
0: I will say I didn't see an increase in RPOs last week. I think the big difference was, and, and Doug and Mike Rowe both said this, that they, they cut down on the pre-snap motions. They said they were going to do that before they found out who the quarterback was going to be. Do you buy that?
1: <laughs> uh, I may buy it, but I think one quarterback will take kinder to it than another.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's funny because they did the same exact thing last year when Nick went in for Carson Wentz. So, mm-hmm. right. They might have decided to make that change. Carson might have been like, well, I, still need, I, still, I need to know everything about the defense. Give exactly. me every, all the information yeah. I can possibly gather. Let me make the decisions. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you, there are other ways that you can find out whether teams in a zone or man um, rather than with pre-snap motions.
1: And, and I, I do want to make clear that as, as we say this, uh, I don't want to speak on, on your behalf, but I think you're in agreement with me. Like, Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's not like a shot against Carson. I'd rather have Carson out there with all of that
0: yeah. than Nick. But he's just different than Nick. Exactly. I, you know, there there is a fair question to wonder whether the game, the, the way that Doug schemes game plans and, and calls plays, whether it's whether he's he's better with a guy like Nick Foles than he is with a guy sure. like okay. Carson Wentz. But that that would that would be disingenuous because you would be discounting 13 games in like 2013 yeah. when they went 12 when they went 11 and two. But like I, I've been on radio this week and been asked about a potential quarterback controversy. And- no, I don't think there's a potential quarterback. No, there no, but I do feel like they're juggling a lot in, in, internally yes. um, with those personalities. Uh, that being said, you mentioned um, two of the best pass rushers in the league. J.J. Watt gets a lot of his stuff actually on the outside. A lot of his pressures come mm-hmm. from the outside. A lot of clownies actually come from the inside. He plays that jack roll, and they move him around a lot. He's a freak. I mean, they're, I you love clowns. But if you match yeah. him up against Stefan Wisniewski, Wisniewski. Could have could have some trouble there. Um, now, yeah. the key is whether you can... Use that aggressiveness against the Texans with some screens. You know, Use the screen game. Obviously get the ball out quick. That'll counter the rush a little bit. What about the run game? We've seen the Eagles, when they've, when they've run the ball this year, I think they're 7-1 when they have over 100 yards rushing. I think that you know, maybe a little, little too much is made of yeah. that. But that being said, they've got to have some sort of ground exactly. game. I, and, and Wendell Smallwood, maybe he's your lead back this week. I don't think so. I still, I'd still go Adams, with Adams
1: and Sproles. Adams is a little um, banged up. Yeah, but I think yeah, I, I spoke to him yesterday. I like this a little more. Sproles, I would too. Um, and look, I think Darren will be happy to go out with as as many touches as he can. Well, I mean, every time, I mean, his production is is great since he's been back. I agree. So I I look at the running game, and I've, I've said this on this podcast before, but I don't. I wouldn't want a run first offense, but you can't get away from the run. And I think with when you know you cite that stat, and it's a, it's it's a valid one. But I, I wouldn't use that to like justify going with a run first offense. But you can't abandon it altogether. No,
0: and he and Doug didn't though in, in last week's game. Yeah. Even when things maybe weren't going well on the ground, you know they ran uh, sixteen to fourteen pass plays before the half, mm-hmm. and then they got ahead, and then the defense was able to tee off. I mean that's just a great formula for this team. It was like thirty one
1: passes, thirty. Rushes yeah, it was week. it was yeah. like
0: two thousand and seventeen Eagles. Uh, we should not uh, be remiss in not mentioning the Houston secondary. I mean, they got two really good cornerbacks, Jonathan uh, Joseph and Kareem Jackson. We saw last week, um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey finally kind of went off. You gotta, I, I think you just gotta kind of keep feeding that beast, don't you think? I mean, Alshon was is a difference maker.
1: Yeah, and he hasn't practiced this week. Uh, yeah, but uh, it sounds like he'll be good to go. Yeah, he'll be so. Fine. Yeah, I, I I think the key with that was they were willing to put up the. You know contested catches, um, and
0: he trusted Alshon to go make plays on the ball. Yeah, you can't do it too much, obviously. Um, what do you make of this? See, I don't think Carson was relying on Zach Ertz too much because when you look at the catch percentage, it's good. But I do feel like Alshon gives you, you know, a more explosive threat, threat down yeah, the field. Whereas, like with Car, I mean, with Ertz, there's a little bit of a dump off. Sure. This is my stance on it. I, I think Carson
1: throws to the open player, and Zach Ertz is often open. Yeah, he, he's a very good outrunner. Alshon Jeffrey Alshon doesn't get wide open often. Uh, it's the nature of that position, number one. Um, but also, he's he's a player who he's going to win on jump balls, contested catches. If you get the ball to him in slants, which Carson did, then that's that's when you can get him open. But I think you
0: need to throw the ball. Downfield
1: like Nick did last week, and let Alshon go and get it.
0: How about this? I mean, Carson clearly has been playing injured. Is he not going? The was he not going to Jeffrey a little bit because he just didn't feel as precise with his throws? Because we saw last year, I mean, he threw to Alshon a lot. Yeah. I mean, in terms of targets, he was right up there with with uh, Zach Ertz. So it's not like it's not I like mean, Carson doesn't want to throw to Alshon Jeffrey. But I'm just wondering, you know, a little further down the field. Jeffrey doesn't get as much separation. You got to throw outside the numbers, uh, you know, a number of times there. Maybe just a little bit of a reluctance to go there. Maybe so. I mean, if you look I'd at the like, numbers, it, but like it I think back to
1: the spring when Carson Carson was asked what he wants to improve on this year, and he said completion percentage. And I think that one of his folk, I don't know this, but it seems one of his goals has been more high percentage throws this year. Last year, like
0: you said, he took a lot more chances, Dalshon, than this year. Yeah, but you know what. I mean, his completion percentage was, what, 60% around there last year, but he didn't throw many t- interceptions. So, you know, exactly. he was, he was yeah. good about It's either my guy or no guy yeah. um, of doing that. But I, how many 50-50 balls are you seeing this year from? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the back shoulder hasn't been there as mm-hmm. much. I mean, those are throws that Carson's good at. So, look, I think way too much has been said and written about, you know, blaming Carson. I mean, like I thought up until the Saints game that Carson was playing, at a, at a very, very good level, uh, and he had shown improvement in a number of ways. I do feel like if you look at the overall arc of the, of the season and in relation to the injury, this was not the same Carson that we saw pre-injury, whether it's the knee, whether it's the back, whatever it is. I would agree Certainly with that. something yeah. has been affecting him, and we haven't seen. He was miss, he's been missing on throws that, that he's made before. Now, look, every quarterback misses throws. Carson missed some of those throws last year, but there's also a little bit of a, a dynamic that's missing to his game. Um, and that's something that, you know, when we talk about big picture, you know, it's a no-brainer. Carson's your guy moving forward. Carson's your, your – I, I don't see any reason why you don't give him that contract extension this all season. I know we're kind of getting off-tangent yeah. here talking but about But I, I do think
1: that honeymoon period is kind it's of – starting all, to – yeah. it's a little like, over. Like I, I think there was a Carson Wentz can do no wrong for a little bit of time, and I think that now it's like, all right, you
0: know, you gotta, you got to produce. And well, you gotta I mean, we've looked at what has happened in the last year. Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl quarterback, and the biggest win this season mm-hmm. has been with Nick Foles a quarterback. I mean, I'm not trying to say that's because Carson isn't good or that no. Carson's not playing well, but I just wonder how that, you know, Carson's got to be looking at that and thinking the same thing. Geez, what do I, I, I got to do? I mean, this will be the second season in a row, most likely, that he will end it injured. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's only played
1: three years, so yeah. I
0: mean, that's something you have to look at. These are these are facts we're stating, and uh, obviously the Eagles will take that into consideration when they are negotiating with him or deciding whether they're going to give him that extension. But to me, I think it's still a no-brainer.
1: It's an absolute no-brainer. There are very few quarterbacks in the world who, long, in the next ten years, you'd rather have over Carson Wentz. And I, I, I know we're off on the tangent, but I just want to remind fans. Like, you can't say, Carson's too injury prone, let's go with Nick Foles. When the knock on Nick Foles, one of the knocks has been, like, <laughs> he, he can't stay front, healthy. He yeah, stay he got hurt. Either. His first three years here,
0: he got hurt every year. And then they traded him. And he wouldn't he wouldn't have played early last year, if you recall. Remember his Army injury? Yes, exactly. He, wasn't, he didn't even play in the preseason. No, pre- much. Yeah. so it's
1: like like Nick Foles is not this model of durability. You
0: no, know? no, he's not. All right, so if the Eagles win, what happens? Well... Give, scenario, you, give me your I best think, guess. Yeah, give me
1: your. The scenario I think is going to happen is that I think the Eagles are going to win out, go nine and seven. Minnesota wins out, goes nine six and one, and the Eagles end the season outside the playoffs, but touting how they won five of their last six. Or you know they they ended the season well, and. It's the what could have been, what should have been with the Tennessee game, the Carolina game. Right. Well, they'll That's sell bad. that,
0: but but we'll know by what Cali Roseman does in terms of offseason yeah. moves what he what he really thinks about how the season went. But
1: I I do think I do think the Eagles are going to win these next two. And, but I just think Minnesota is going to win now. Uh, the worst case scenario for the Eagles. I, I I know you could say losing this. week. I was going to say
0: this. They win this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then lose to Josh Jackson. And then Jackson. lose to the, the, the Redskins. Next week, yeah, the Josh Jackson. Which would be so Eagles.
1: Which would be like, you know, and especially imagine this. And this. I guess there's a bit of schadenfreude here. I'm not saying I want this to happen. Mm-hmm. But, nice word. But uh, if, uh, if Minnesota loses to the Lions and the Eagles beat Texans and they're in a win-and-in situation next week and they lose that, that would be like yeah. – that would be – there be, be angry forks, yeah. Exactly. Um, what's your final score in this game? I have a close game. I have the Eagles winning 21-20. I do think the Eagles win. Um, I, so you I, don't have I'm them going covering. with Vegas. So I, I don't have them covering, but uh, the,
0: the fact that the Eagles were favored in this game um, really stood out to me. I'm going with the Eagles. Though. So you're going with Vegas. It was interesting how the line kept rising. It's just like Vegas wants to get people wants to give people sucker bet on the Texans. But I just feel like... I feel like that offensive line, as well as it's played this, these last few weeks, J.J. Uh, Watt and Clown are going to be a real tough assignment. And, and we, we know with Nick, if he does tend to ball the hole, hold the ball just a, a smidgen too long, it can be trouble. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Texans, 27-23. Okay. And who wins Minnesota Detroit? I think, I think Minnesota's going to win. Although, so, is so. Matthew Stafford, he's been limited this week. I, I imagine he's going to play.
1: Yeah, they just put Carryon Johnson on IR. Um, that's a team that's kind of... Seen the fold
0: a bit here. Yeah, Matt uh, Patricia hasn't really done yeah. particularly a particularly great job. It seems like the firing of John D. Filippo has injected <laughs> bar- some energy into that, that offense. But that's, you know... A, they have too much talent to not, to yeah. not you know, with Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, that they should be able to keep that, that, that going after last week, I think. Enough to team, win the game. The teams are
1: playing at the same time, so you need to watch both.
0: Yeah. All right, well, that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean, and we'll talk to you Sunday after the game.